Welcome to Adjust Your Life, an integrative health podcast about you and your overall wellness with Dr. Tim Dooley and Dr. Patrick O'Brien. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey guys, welcome to the Adjust Your Life podcast. Uh, we have a very unique show today we're pretty excited about doing. Uh, what we did is we actually uh, asked a bunch of our patients some some uh, frequently asked questions or questions that they would like answered that we're going to go over today. Um, I got two individuals sitting here in front of me that are going to do the show alongside me. Uh, Dr. Tim Dooley, how you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. And then also to my right, I have our producer, uh, Natalie Pugar. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm the other individual. Glad to have you. Love it. This will make this interesting. So, um, yeah, like I said, over the past uh, couple of weeks, people have been putting in a little bowl, uh, you know, upon leaving or even entering the office, just some random, you know, ideas, questions, maybe misnomers, myths about chiropractic, whatever it may be. So we're going to try to debunk or at least answer those a little more in depth. So we'll we'll get yeah. that started yep. here. Yep, I've got the list right here. Perfect. I'm, I'm a little right. nervous because we I have not seen the list. Have you seen the list? I think I've seen one question, but I'm ready for anything. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's the fun of it. So the way this is going to work is you're going to ask the question. Questions? I'll ask the questions. You give me the answers. Do we both answer, or you can decide? I might, Ooh. I might throw it to one or the other. We, I, okay. I wonder. I think our answers. I wonder how much they'll line up. I'm with pretty each other. sure they'll be pretty much okay. the same. But it's good. We'll see. All right, all right. We'll start start with uh, what type of training does a chiropractor have? Who's taking this one? Well, I, I have a, an angle. I'll take on. I'll let you kick this one off first. I have a I have a point I want to make on it. You so. want me to do this one? Yeah, you can go. So, what training does a chiropractor have? Yep. Well. Um, it starts off with a four-year high school degree. Do you want that back, that far back? Oh, yeah. Okay. Four-year high school. <coughs> Did me. you have to go to preschool, too? Well, I think we had to go to preschool. <laughs> I, I skipped middle school because I was so brilliant, but <coughs> straight into <laughs> high school, uh, four years of high school, and then uh, I did four years of undergrad. I'm pretty sure you have to have four years of undergrad to actually get they, yes, that is correct. Um, At least where accepted we went. into graduate school, which is a doctorate program of chiropractic. Um, and we went to Florida. Once you're there, you're there for three years, and you do anatomy, physiology. We do. We had a cadaver. We had to do all of that lab work. We did uh, um, adjusting skills and the whole bit, nutrition. And from that point on, that was three full years. Um, then we take our boards, pass our boards, um, both clinical and on paper. Yeah, there's and over then, 20 total boards, too. There's a lot to take. So. Yeah. Four, yeah, four parts. And then um, from there, we had a half a year of uh, internship or yeah. preceptorship. And then at that point, once you do that, then you kind of, you know, you're basically go to your state, get your license and start your practice. Uh, that's pretty much And I, I found it interesting. And this is, I, I think we've maybe spoke about this in the past, but when you look at the comparison of med school, DO, medical doctor, chiropractor, it's, I think, interesting if you were to look at the breakdown of, of classroom hours. Uh, when, and when you're, and when technically in the classroom, if you do a DO versus DC or MD versus DC, whatever it is, uh, you'll see that they're extremely consistent. And in some cases, chiropractic actually has more actual classroom hours. The difference at that point is those other doctors, MD, DO go off to whether it be some sort of residency, hospital thing, fellowship, something like this. And they, and they special, you know, they specialize, yeah, they specialize with certain aspects there. So whenever you talk to your chiropractor, I mean, what I tell people is obviously, you know, the, the training's there. They, we've gone over. We've gone over the embryology and biochemistry. Whether we do that at all in the office, we've still at least studied it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing we don't get in school, though, is 
how to start a business, how to run a business. Oh, so if you come from a business so background, true. it's going to give you one leg up that's on a huge. lot of people. Absolutely. And if you see successful chiropractors out there, they're also pretty good businessmen, I would say. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of it's just like any other business. It's hard to uh, uh, what's the percentage of businesses that fail? My, I mean, it's you not get like past the whole that one year mark, the business. three year mark, five year mark. No, you're right. And that's that's it's not that they don't know what they're doing. Uh, medically speaking, it's the business part. I think it's the hardest part, to be honest. I remember right. coming into business with you. It was my concern wasn't knowing anything medical. It was like, what am I doing? And about? I happened to be out. Yeah. A couple of years. So I knew how to do it. Exactly. Just we needed to that's, do it. Yeah. It's a good point that a lot of chiropractors have their own business. So they have to know how choice. to run it. That's your only choice. Whereas if you're MD or DO, you can join a group yeah. that's already up and running already conglomerate. Sure. yeah so all right all right guys up next how do adjustments work pat so okay <laughs> how do they work this could be this pretty broad topic basically i tell people an adjustment is a way to restore um proper movement to an otherwise fixated joint uh, or, or whether it's not a joint whether it's your spine or it's uh, your shoulder or your hip or whatever you know if there is dysfunctioning or improperly moving joints or not moving as, as fully as they should we helped we, we help to induce proper movement patterns into those joints which in turn can help prevent like de- like degenerative type issues breakdown uh, it prevents injuries so in adjustments it strives to improve functionality of everyday life within the musculoskeletal system per se right but yeah go ahead no mine's the same opinion it's all mechanical to me and it's even more so now than i thought it was 10 years ago in my opinion and i think that's why we 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 do pretty good like i think you know if we take that approach there's a lot of approaches chiropractors can take and you know i think this one's for us and you have to do what you believe what's the different approaches so there's different approaches oh there's we well, are you talking about techniques? Techniques? There, What's your technique? We we utilize what they in term in, in school would call like a diversified technique, which essentially means it's the manual style. Um, you know, it's pretty well known type style adjustment where you're physically doing an adjustment, uh, kind of a high velocity adjustment. They they provide movement. You hear a popping, cracking sound, uh, which we'll, I guess we can get into, which is not actually the joint. That's but, another question. They want to know it, okay. what that popping sound is. Perfect. Yeah. So it's uh, th- we use that style because it's how you kind of you, you're going to get your best bang it's for your best buck. Way you're going to get better faster. Yeah. So there's other ones where you can use little things called an activator, which is like a little tool that helps to click and move the joint. You know we'll use this for younger individuals maybe more elderly patients um it's effective i think it can just take longer to get there it's not really i don't practice that way specifically but there's you know there's i don't even know i mean there's tons of there's techniques. tons of different ways yeah. but i i basically i try to do as much man- manual as i can uh however if if some people are not into it a patient does not want to do it there's other ways of making that patient happy as well as making them get better too yeah yeah. Helping them get better. Okay, so what's the popping sound? Popping sound is the are the joint space rushing by each other. It produces a sound from the gaseous release of that area. That That's can kind of freak people out a little bit. Yeah. It, a lot of times it does if they don't know. And I, I kind of make it simple as, as weird as it sounds. It's like if there's a vacuum that's been created between two joints and there's an air pocket and you adjust it, you hear that release of that gas. I tell people it's like a, a Nerf dart and that stuck to a wall suction cup and you pull it off and makes that popping noise, that yeah. noise. Oh, that's an that's, interesting way that, to look that's, at that's, it. You're not necessarily hearing a joint, but you're at least pulling two things apart. It's making a popping noise, which then you're restoring function. So, so you're not breaking anything. Definitely. No. We and don't want to do 10 that. 10 out of 10 people have heard that noise on their body before. Absolutely. It's just much more isolated when you're in here 
like you're hitting that exact spot. And, and the thing I want to touch on also is that I tell people that people are like, well, I pop and crack my neck all the time and that's fine. But you know, I let's just use the neck. For example, you have seven bones in your neck. Every time you pop your neck, you're not popping the area that needs to be adjusted and you're, you're inducing motion into a joint that doesn't need it. So every time you do it, you're quite literally making the spot that does need adjusted more difficult to adjust. And the only person that's going to be able to get that is a chiropractor. I mean, I can't physically adjust my own neck in a way that I would adjust the patient. I don't have the mechanical advantage to do so. So you do need an external individual that has a mechanical advantage on the joint space to move it for that's sure. Fulcrum. That's good to fulcrum, know. Yeah. Need a fulcrum. Okay. So going along with that, does it hurt? Cause I know a lot of people they they fear that it hurts. The adjustment hurts. Yeah. I think it's psychological. Yeah. Many times, you know, of course, the neck and back. The sound have a great deal of spasm, and the right—I should say—the wrong type of injury. Then you shouldn't be adjusted. That's so, yeah, the biggest key. I think it's the, knowing when to adjust someone and when not to, uh, based on the injury. But I mean, so if you're if you hurt too much, you're, you would be like, no, let's look at it a different way, or let's let your muscles calm down before calm you down, do it. Try it a different way at first. Try the passive modalities that we have, we provide, and then get into the active stuff when the body's ready. I would say that's extremely, extremely rare that I have someone that says an adjustment's like actually hurting. And if indeed it does, it's because it still needs to be done right. and it's going to help them in five seconds after the adjustment. Gotcha. But it's And so we know rare. like if a patient comes in with a herniated disc, we're not really going to adjust them yeah. that area anyway. So. Yep. Okay. How about um, age limit? Is there an age limit for adjustments? Uh, no age limit. I mean, you can make the argument at this point, whether you're coming in for an issue you're already exhibiting and now you're trying to address it or you're getting adjusted to prevent a problem from occurring. So at that, if you use that side of it, I mean, I adjust my kids and it's not because they're complaining of neck pain necessarily, but it can help with a lot of other things from, you know, ear infections to whatever. So, uh, you know, if you're routinely manipulated, if you're routinely adjusted, um, you know, if you routinely change your oil in your car, you're not really realistically going to have a lot of breakdown in your engine. If you're routinely manipulated throughout your life, all, I mean, I don't see how you essentially really develop any kind of major degenerative or arthritic change, mm-hmm. you know, outside of like an autoimmune type issue. So I think it's, there's no age limit no, I mean, we've uh, by had any stretch. Infants in here, yeah, oh yeah. weeks okay. old, we've had 96 year old patients. The thing is, is you don't adjust them the same way you adjust a 35 year old. That's a good point. You Elaborate. You just don't do that. Like when you have an infant, you're using your fingers or that, or the clicker, yeah. we call it. And then with the... Uh, 96-year-old, you're using more of the table to do the work as opposed to like being really physical. You just don't do that. So, so you can do it, but it's just in a different way. It's a different way. Like you know, if, if you're scared to bring in an infant here thinking we're going to do the same adjustment we did on you yesterday, you, it's, it's just not going to happen. Okay. That's good yeah, watch the, the kids getting adjusted, just for those of you listening, it's not what you would see if you YouTubed a neck right. adjustment. It's it's not even really an adjustment so much as it is just essentially pressures being applied mm-hmm. to certain bones with the fingers. Yeah, you can so just use your finger to very simple, yeah. Huh. Okay. So how often do you need adjustments? I know that this is a big question that a lot of people have. It de- completely depends on what you have going on. Completely what injury you have. Yep. What are your body mechanics? What your X rays and MRIs show. Um what you do for a living. Well, that's that's one. our answer. And that's yeah. a great answer because you ask another chiropractor, they they're, they might have a set protocol like for every person. five times a week or whatever. But yeah. at that point, that doesn't show any customization to the patient. Yeah, exactly. So like that's why it makes us so much better and different. Um, yeah, but you're right. Is that he, I, Going off what Dr. Louis said, it's the exact yeah, same I may see somebody form. twice a year. I may see someone yep. 
twice a week. Uh, it's just totally dependent. And uh, yeah, there's no, everybody does not get the same plan here. So Okay. So um, next one is, have you ever been afraid of breaking someone's neck? <laughs> hey, that's a legit question. I, I think just one time ever. I- I actually was, was going to say the same. Yeah, when I was the, set up oh, when you were the first same exact it? time was when I felt it the very first time. And it's, and I was just putting them in the position. You don't know what's too far, what's too little kind of thing. But yeah. I, even, even if I tell people, even if you wanted to do that, I, it's, it's just not even possible. It's just, I it's mean, not as easy movies. as you think. No, not even. Yeah. Too many movies, too many people movies. watching all these Kung Fu movies or whatever. It's, that's just that's not realistic at all. We, at that point, if, if you're talking about that kind of issue, we're talking about compression down, diving off a diving board, or rotation. There's there's no risk whatsoever without the chiropractor. So okay. And what do we? What's our term? We use physiological end space, right? So yep. if you don't go, once you reach that, you you can't go too far past it, right? And we know where that is. Oh, definitely. At that point, it'll hurt. And right. again, we don't have anyone that hurts. So there you go. All right. So how do you put someone's mind at ease who's afraid? of chiropractic care? I think, I mean, patient education is enormous and that's why I spend a lot of time talking to patients and educating them about what's happening, not just grab the neck and go or whatever adjustment you're doing. Um, to put someone at ease, I think it just kind of, it, again, it, it, it customizing what their condition is to what I think needs to be done adjustment wise, but maybe let's say they're extremely nervous so they can't really take it. I will do 50% even less of what a normal adjustment would be for the first time just so they can get I guess a taste if you will so they have next time they come in they're much less nervous it's they're already less at, they're more at ease they're less likely to have any kind of a spasm or something so then we slowly ease them into it versus doing a full-on adjustment if that makes sense that's kind of how I approach it yeah I don't I just, know but what do you think I it, like I don't I think the thing for me is I just earn their trust I yeah guess, confidence like yeah yeah and then once I know that I'm not a crazy man. Yeah. And then they kind of slowly like will do the easier adjustments first or simply just do the passive modalities or other things until if that fails and you're like, okay, then now we got to do something a little bit more. I think that's, that's how I would generally approach it, honestly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a little bit more specific of a question. What does a fused vertebrae mean? A fused vertebrae? Uh, vertebrae, I guess, would be this. Vertebrae. So there's two different types, right? There's a congenital one, mm-hmm. and then you have the one that are actually fixated or fused by a physician. Yeah. So basically, it's two vertebrae, one above and one below, combined together. So yeah, so the medic- medically speaking, a fused vertebrae would be known as like ankylosis, which essentially means it's like you said, it's fused together, but. It is a result of our, some, lots of conditions this can come from, whether it's like some sort of autoimmune-based issue or it's some sort of, you know, um, I- I issue like a thing called ankylosing spondylitis, which is a condition that confuses the vertebrae. There's a lot of conditions that come as a, as a result, uh, uh, secondary in, uh, effect that causes the fusion so to occur. three types. Yeah, so that they, so they're from disorders. But the other thing is what's a fused vertebrae? Essentially, it's where the two bones, typically speaking, have lack of motion in that specific area. The body uses a use-it-or-lose-it concept. So it says, hey, it hasn't moved in a while, so you'll start to see little bone spurs have develop. If it gets bad enough, the, bones will start, the bone spurs will start touching and eventually it can fuse itself together. What that causes is a lot of compression in the exiting nerve roots, and a lot of people at that point will have a, a surgery to do a fusion, 
from a from an actual surgeon. And at that point, what they do is they allow it, they can open up the window by which the nerves exit and they'll fuse the spine, which is beneficial for like nerve issues. But it, it, there's so many different, yeah, that, that could mean so many different things. So you vertebra. fixed it that way. You fixed it. You but fixed you, the instability or you fixed the, the you preventing the nerve from getting rubbed. Exactly. Does that make sense? But yeah. the problem is you've now, you've now decreased your permanent range of motion yeah. in that specific area because it no longer will move. So, so there's no of, way to fix that part. No way to fix it. Kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul there. Yes. But ah, okay. you are fixing their symptoms for sure. Okay. Yep. Good to know. Okay. Um, let's see. What does popping your knuckles and or does popping your knuckles hurt your joints or eventually cause arthritis? We were already that was a old wives' tale, wasn't it? We were always told it it did. The way I look at it is Like your mom would be like, Stop yeah, popping your it knuckles. The answer is no for me. I don't know if we know this. Well, 100%. But typically, the answer is no. I'm just big on not forcing the joint in the wrong direction. That's it. I like tell people. the ligamentous structures. And well, the, the, gonna... One of our teachers that we, our professors we had in school, had a some doctor. I couldn't tell you where, what the study is, whatever. But it was like he popped one knuckle, one hand for like 50 years and then not didn't do the other one. And did this long study and showed no degenerative effect uh, over the period of time as far as that is concerned with popping your knuckles. I just tell people, whether it's your knuckles or shoulders or neck or whatever, if you're going to pop it, I don't really have a problem with that. I just have a problem if you do it in an abrupt manner. If you're doing it very quickly or with a lot of force, you're going to cause an inflammatory state uh-huh. within the joint space. Whereas if you just kind of turn it and it pops on its own, I mean, that's I don't really see any harm in that, to be honest. So, okay. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything clinically written that shows that yeah. it was effective. No, definitely. If, it, if there is, it's new to me. Yep. All right, next. Uh, when are x-rays necessary? That's very loaded. Um, <laughs> yeah. Personally or like overall? Personally. Personally to me like. Because I guess it is pretty personal, right? Depending on the chiropractor. Some some chiropractors refuse to treat anybody unless they take x-rays. Some chiropractors, like I think like ourselves, we are, I'm always reluctant to take x-rays because generally speaking, they've already had an MRI and a CT scan. They come over here. Why do I need to retake this? However, some of those radiology reports don't read an x-ray like we do. So we're moving joints. They're looking for. Exactly. Big yeah. time issues. So it's you have to explain that to the patient. If they're comfortable, we'll retake one. Another thing is like if there's no mechanism of injury, if they didn't fall and do something, I typically don't take them unless unless they did. Um, but if I see something I'm unsure of, I'm going to take one. If I have a patient older than 30 years old and they don't get better after four visits, yeah, that's what I was going to getting say. Getting X-rays because I need to know if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm hurting them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, if there's something else that. You just never know. Yeah, radiographically, it just comes down to criteria. Yeah. Like if you're not, if you don't have numbness and tingling or instability or any positive orthopedic tests, and you're right. relatively healthy, no mechanism of injury. I mean, what? there's no point yeah. to shoot an X-ray. But if I see you two, three times, you're not responding. Yeah. You're probably gonna get an X-ray. And yeah. I've had a few patients where, like, I've had zero orthopedic tests mm-hmm. that are positive, and I, I have no idea. And I'll be like, you know what? Let's do an X-ray just in case. And sometimes you find things, sometimes you don't, but... And that goes for anything. I mean, you go to the hospital and you have a cough. It's not like they're going to do a chest x-ray, a CT scan of your chest, every single person that works on the cough. They have to find out other history that would actually potentially warrant the use of that. But yeah, it's just kind of getting a feel for when to do it and what not to do it without being abusive of it, so... Right. Okay. Um, What are some myths that people should know about chiropractic? Myths? 
once you come once you don't have to come forever that's a or you have to keep coming forever yeah like yes. you have to keep coming. Yeah, you do. yes i've heard that that's one before inaccurate. it's inaccurate so you I, could I, come once if you have if you blew out a disc in 1999 you might have to have some back work every few years <laughs> but th- if you had no problems ever and you, you came once you don't have to come again yeah you don't have to come again i think the reasoning people think that is when you get adjusted and you start feeling so good, like better than you thought you could feel, when you stop getting adjusted and it starts to resort back to what it was, you didn't, now you realize how good you can feel now that you've actually had a taste of that. So yeah. that's what wants you to indicate to keep going in. But you don't have to, but you realize there's a whole nother level that you didn't realize you could get to with the use of chiropractic. Like that we, adjustment junkies are in here. Oh, yeah. Adjustment junkies, yeah, huh? I, Oh my gosh! Yeah. What, how it. often do you have to come in to to be titled an adjustment junkie? Oh, that's I don't know. We've had some patients Frequently. for like five or six years, almost weekly coming in, yeah. and and that's that's fine. We we have a good relationship, but it's yeah. I mean, people ask me that. You know, another question is, what's too much to, as that's far a as good adjustment? Question, yeah. And a guy asked me that yesterday, and I, again, it depends on the condition. But I'm not going to adjust someone's neck five days a week for multiple weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's it's excessive. But I'm also very um, understanding. Like no one knows your body better than you do i guess so if, i guess if you feel the need that you need it helps you then boom do it yep i agree with that yeah any other myths um that we don't know what we're doing yeah i think i think um, the other one is and uh, my my well, that, thing, back in the 70s 80s was totally different right i i don't, I don't know what far well as like i the, know that the adjusting style has has been adjusted a little bit they used to do more a lot more rotation in their old adjustments and i think that this is what the other myth i was getting to is that you have this increased risk for some sort of an injury or something more severe cardiovascular can happen as a result of an, an adjustment that you read about when in reality is there's never been a tied study to that. It's more or less, there's already a pre-existing thing. There was a trauma going on and then you go to a chiropractor, they're not properly examining you or anybody and then you get adjusted and then they try to link it to that when in reality it was something that was already pre-existing. Like pre-existing, yeah. like stroke. Like a stroke. Yeah. And, yes. I, and that's, and that's something everyone knows. Yes. No one wants to hear that, but it's not getting your neck adjusted, doing those things is not going to cause that. But like, like for example, there was a supermodel a couple of years that got injured and she That's went to right. a chiropractor and they linked it to the adjustment when in reality is, which no one found out till later, she was on a 10 foot ladder, fell off and landed on her head, hurt, went to the hospital, hurt her head. She had a bleed and then the guy adjusted her neck and oh. then obviously maybe that didn't help. Right. But is that the direct cause? Uh, I highly doubt that there was a, there was a pre, pre-existing trauma. So Jeez. I think it's not. That's ex- exceptional. But that's rare why it's case. important that you guys get the the history of the patient too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's plenty of people that basically are begging for adjustment, and due to whatever circumstance, I've had people where I'm like, "There's no way I'm no just touching you." you until okay. You exactly. Discover. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? Don't. Um, not all doctors hate us. Oh, not all doctors hate you? Doctors like, hate like you? MDs and DOs, like this very closed-minded. <laughs> well, it's we getting have a, a lot, lot of doctors better. in our family, and I, yeah, I don't I think give, they hate you. We, that's what I was trying to say. Like, we see a lot of referrals from physicians that aren't chiropractors. You had to play, you play together. I mean, really. Well, that's not the way it always was. Oh. Yeah, they're the that's people. That's not the way it is everywhere. It's not. The people that have been practicing a long time, you see that more consistently, yeah. but the younger individuals come in are open to it. I think that whether that's something they're teaching in med school or not, but I treat a lot of doctors and so do you yeah, and, yeah. and they know. So it's just, yeah, it's I just, think it's, it has to do with our approach, I'm sure, but definitely that's, I think that's the biggest part of it. So, so I don't know. Okay. We flew through these. So we have one more left. One more. Yeah. How are like answers? Best, best for last. Do you great. think people will like them? I think so. Yeah, the best for last. Is this going to stump we, us? Because we, we said that we were going to ask every single question that we got. Okay. Oh, so gosh. this one is, what's your favorite area of the body to work on? Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Interesting. Well, the easiest area or condition to manipulate from a effectiveness standpoint, but also is how much involvement we have to do with the, the condition of the patient is usually a neck related issue, headaches, stuff like this. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I just find it satisfying when someone has a headache or migraine, they've been treated forever and then no one's getting better and we do a few adjustments and it improves. I, I like to see headache patients. I like to, I like to see that functionality because you see it so quick as far as how, how it can go response. away. So the head is your answer. I'd say the head, the neck. neck. The response yeah. is the, the best of any body part, I think. So that the response of getting treatment, yeah. yeah. Is that your answer too? That's my answer because of that whole reason he said, and it's also it takes the least amount of work. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> See, I wanted dudes, to say that, but big, I didn't big, want to say big it. people out there doing lower back. I don't think yeah. anybody would ever say lower back. I mean, it's no, you're right. Lower back is hard to get. It's, well, I mean, it's not. It it just takes a lot of work. Mm. I, I know, think sometimes. in school, I think in school, if you if all they're learning all the techniques, most people can pick up the neck pretty quick. It's the low back, the side posture. They call it adjustment. Is I think people, if the chiropractors probably have the most trouble with that adjustment. In my opinion, I think that's the hardest performing one to it, learn yeah. performing. Yeah, because you got to be physically capable. Definitely. Of doing it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And yeah, it takes a lot out of you. So yeah, I like I like I like neck and mid back. That seems to be pretty shoulder. Yeah. I enjoy shoulder too. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, it's satisfying because you can see a quick response. Okay. So. Okay. So I have a question. So the, you guys have a chiropractic. This on the record or off the this record? This is on the record. <laughs> you have a chiropractic uh, practice, but you also have an integrative medicine practice. So what is integrative medicine for those who don't know? I Basically, think it, it's a yeah. mechanical injury practice still, but what integrative we're doing medical procedures in here i guess is what it's tying it's tying the, tying the connection together. between the medical side with chiropractic yeah. and it, I, we, we've said it a thousand times it's literally one-stop shop you know you don't have to be referred to an orthopedist to a family doctor to mm-hmm. podiatrist to wherever to a chiropractor come in here quite literally can do basically everything outside of surgery right. um so it's just i just like that involvement with the patient you know it becomes more of like a, a family atmosphere people feel more comfortable they're already comfortable with you they're more likely to go and you know see our medical staff up front and with the health of Americans, our ortho practices are so flooded with patients yeah. that when we have a patient to refer out for a simple injection and they're waiting a couple of weeks to do it, I mean, it's it's so much easier for us to go down the hall and do it as opposed right. to them waiting. So like that's... Well, and the biggest thing people appreciate is that I'll see some... I saw a patient an hour ago, a new patient, and I told her, I'm not going to be able to help you, but I want you to go up to my medical side. That person, that person appreciates the fact that I acknowledge that it's not chiropractic. Right. Go see this person, so you're at least getting put where you need to go versus going through this gamut of treatment when you don't need and then getting referred. So, yeah, yeah, great. All right. Any more brain busters? <laughs> Stump, stumpers? Nope, that's brain it. Busters. No stumpers. That's all right? I got. That was it. I was easy. I see? was hoping or not hoping, but I was. What I mean, how, how about just real quick? Wait, is there anything like a thirty second answer? Is there any frequently asked questions you get? Like yeah. yourself you can think of because I'm trying to think of anything that comes up on mine that patients ask me um, um, I think the only thing I would say is I get a lot it's like oh, well I have this question medically speaking but I don't know if you deal with this or not and I don't like hearing that because they'll, then they'll talk about their ankle or their knee or something it's like okay first of all yeah. literally everything in your body mechanically I'm going to be able to at least give you some information or education on that I can tell you right now or diagnose it for that matter so to say that it's strictly tied chiropractic to the spine this day and age, at least in our practice, is just totally false. We do so much more than that. I think the lately the biggest thing is like it changes so often. I think we actually covered most a lot of the 
frequent questions, but like, oh, you can do that is the thing I can do. Yeah, why not? Like, you can order an MRI. Oh yeah, yeah that's you can true. Do that. uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, well, yeah. If you if you fit the the, the protocol for it, then yeah, that's hmm. something. That's that's a good actually a good lot, point. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, great. Well, we hope that you learned something out there today. Me? No, your oh, listeners. My listeners. I hope that you already know teasing. what you're doing. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was enjoyable. So yeah, we can do it again. I hope. Maybe maybe next time we'll have like forty questions instead of like eight. Hey. We'll work up to that. Yeah, like a like a power session, just like ten word answers, response. How fast go. we can pump them out? Okay. Ooh, that'd be good. Well, or like you, a know your doctor podcast, where you just like <laughs> randomly fire questions at me. All right, I like that too. So if you have questions out there, listeners, then you can email them to us at adjustyourlifenow at gmail dot com. Cool. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to our show today uh, this has been fantastic uh, if you have any more information or would like to know more about anything we do offer here please check out the website at www.ipmdohio.com um, I'm always open for any questions if you'd like to get on the phone and call I'm, I'm available as well so um, nice chatting with everyone I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show and have a good rest of your day thank have a you good one. bye